We wanted to take a second to address the current state of our nation and society. Too many black men and women have lost their lives at the hands of the police in the oppressive system we live in. The recent murder of George Floyd is not a wake-up call. It's just the same damn alarm that's been ringing for black men and women for centuries. We stand in solidarity of the many who are fighting, protesting, and raising their voices on the front lines to end police murder and brutality and systemic oppression of black people. Black lives matter. It's impossible for us not to address this when talking about a league and entity that is made up of almost 70% of black men. Our job as white men is to shut up and listen to the black voices and to amplify them. You can do this by donating to the many amazing organizations fighting this fight day in and day out, including Black Lives Matter, Campaign Zero, and Freedom Funds based in your city. Our podcast is designed to bring some fun and joy for a sliver of your day. Stay safe. We love you all. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Welcome to Debates on Tap Presents Football, the show. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I mean, Sam Darnold needs five downs to get a first down. Goodness, the Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Baker Mayfield is better at throwing to the other team. Giants are coming off a worse week than Harvey Weinstein. I think we all have our friends who are, they quote the same thing too much. They quote from a movie too much or sure. things like that. It's yeah. kind of annoying. Uh, but, wild card, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> Wildcard weekend. We're here, baby. It's happening. Uh, thank you for tuning in and listening to the show. You're welcome. This is oh NFL podcast. I'm Brendan. I'm Brian. We are, of course, as usual. You know, just it always happens this way. It always comes up. His schedule's always busy. He's always booked. He's always doing other stuff. Vargas is not here with us today on this podcast. Does he hate us or does he hate football? You know, I think it's a toss up, really. Much like the coin flip at the start of a football game, it's. Uh, who knows who? Who knows what's going to happen? Speaking of a football weekend, they are really billing this as like the greatest event. They're calling it Super Wild Card Weekend. Well, there is a game on Nickelodeon. Yep, I think legitimately yes. there is going to be slime in the end zone. Have you heard that? Stop it! I I, I promise no, you. I no, I, <laughs> no, you don't. You're mate. You're doing a bit. No, no. If you're not familiar with bits, I would recommend listening every Monday. You know how you you hate when people I always do a, say things over and over again or quote something over and over again. over and over again. It's I interesting. Hate, I hate bits. I hate. Uh, um, but this is so. Of course, Wild Card Weekend. We have a lot of games to talk about. We're going to focus on uh, one particular game last week because really. It's the only one that we kind of need that to talk really, about. Yeah, talk about. Now it's the playoffs. Everything is clean slate. Yep. Well, yep. there's still some things we're going to talk about. But, but, but teams lost, teams won. It was crazy. It was weird. There was one giant weird thing that happened in one of the games. And we're going to talk about it. Now, I, okay, this Nickelodeon game, real quick. <laughs> it is on other stations. It's on like Prime, I think. And I, oh, I, I think it's maybe on CBS as well. Yeah, so it's not they're just Nickelodeon. Actually, calling it the NFL wildcard game on Nickelodeon. It will have include a special halftime presentation, guest reporters, original on field graphics, virtual filters, and more. It's a featured one of a kind kid focused content and Nick theme content elements throughout. So it's really tapping Someone's going to get slimed. Yeah, no, no, I refuse. <laughs> it's tapping into the one uh, target audience that they haven't been able to get. 
children whose parents don't like football. Could you imagine if we could go to a bar and watch a football game going, hey, <laughs> would you, can you turn on Nickelodeon? If you don't get the goddamn Nickelodeon, I'm going to sue this bar. If someone doesn't get slimed in this fucking bar. It is very strange. It's very strange that they would do a playoff game on Nickelodeon. I think it's just to expand the market and money. What and market? There's stuff. no... What kid... Uh, okay. You know, whatever. You know, this isn't the Nickelodeon podcast. Uh, we don't we don't trash... Well, normally well, I do well, trash having kids on right. uh, every Monday. And we do get slimed quite often with each other. So Yes, that is very true. We you don't know. call it slime in private. Now, <laughs> the game we want to talk about uh, last week right. was the game between the Eagles and the Giants. Eagles and the Eagles and the and, and the, the Washington, Washington football, football team. team. I say the Giants because the Giants the Giants were involved. Threw a little baby fit about it. So yes, so to to, to get we are like of course the connoisseurs of context. So we have to explain what happened. The NFC East is one of the worst divisions in football history. Okay, someone had to win the division, even though no one really wanted to. It was going to come down to basically coming in this weekend. Are the Giants going to be able to beat the Cowboys and vie for the for the playoff uh, spot? Um, or the Washington football team later on in the day going to be able to beat the Eagles and take over that spot. Giants won. They just needed the Washington football team to lose. It was a noon game for the Giants. It was a noon game for the Giants. The Giants came out and just whipped all over the Cowboys. Um, And then the Sunday night football game was the uh, Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I didn't like that. <laughs> I did not like that ASMR bit of the podcast. I don't know why I did that. It's been a weird day. Um, now, earlier in the week, last week, I'm sorry, it was a week ago, almost a week ago to the day, Doug Peterson, the coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, said basically the Eagles had nothing to play for. They were already kicked out of the playoffs like a week or two ago. He basically said, if as the game goes on, we're going to start Jalen Hurts, we're not going to start Carson Wentz because... Carson Wentz is gone. He gone. He is gonna. He is not officially gone, but that dude is. He does not want any part of the Eagles organization, and vice versa. But Doug Peterson said we're not dressing Carson Wentz. We're gonna dress Jalen Hurts and in the backup Nate Nate Sudfield or something like that. Sure. Who is a four year veteran, and he is terrible at the quarterback position. I don't know why he plays quarterback. He should go and do something else totally. No, like, no. He's got the dream. That's the dream is the back of a quarterback that no one ever wants to use. Right. However, and so basically Doug Peterson in his quote said, yes, we're only going to start two quarterbacks. As the game goes on, if Jalen Hurts is not doing well or we're not winning, he says we're straight up going to put in, he, start, he said we're going to put in Sudfield, insinuating we'd rather get the better draft pick. Right? So what happened? They're they're actually kind of it's it was actually a pretty competitive game. I mean, they both sides were kind of going back and forth, but it was very obvious at a point that Washington was up like a score or two and was going to win the game. They were up by three. Up by but up by score, yeah. So up by three. Um, and then come halftime, third quarter, they pulled Jalen Hurts. They put in Nate Sudfield, who looked terrible. Philly coach, Philly other Philly coaches and Philly players. So reportedly had to be held back from yelling at Doug Peterson, wondering what was going on because they wanted to win this game. Much like we've talked about many times, tanking isn't really a thing in the NFL at a player level, right? Yep. yep. So players and more players have come out today and talked and been like, yeah, we didn't know what was happening. We were just as curious why Jalen came out of the game as, that, as everybody else was. Right. Um, so yeah, so players were kind of up at arms about it. 
current players and Giants players especially were very up in arms about it. But I, I don't see this as tanking. Tanking implies that over the whole course of the season, they were playing shitty, which I guess if they started Carson Wentz and they were tanking, sure. Yes. Um, but this was, I think, based on what Doug Peterson said, based on what was happening, they, they were playing for nothing. They were playing for a draft pick, basically. And I will say that that draft pick is three or four spaces apart if they had won. Yeah, like six to nine or something like that, I think, which and is a pretty damn big deal within the top ten. That's a big jump. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I, I mean, you give it credence that way that Doug Peterson may be right. whatever. Uh, my first opinion on it, of course, as a player, you always want to win. Right. Jalen Hurts was visibly upset on the sideline saying things like I or being mouthed mouthing things that looked like I did my part and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I don't think, and I did see a Giants player say this. I don't think they had a right to be mad because all you gotta do to get in the playoffs is win more than six games. That's what I've all, that's what <laughs> I've, I, I like, that is my biggest thing. Like, yes, in that situation, this isn't on the Eagles to knock the football team out of the playoffs so the Giants can get in. It's like, no, this is on the Giants for not winning enough fucking games to, yeah. to win the division. And it, there could be bad blood from Peterson. Maybe he hates the Giants be. that much. It, it could be. But this is like my same issue when it comes to like, there, there's so many instances in football where it's like, God, like, you know, we barely won that game or we lost that game when the defense gave up 17 points. Oh, if the defense would have been better, we could have won that game. It's like score more. No, dude, that's on the offense, not scoring enough game. Like this is what happened in 2018 when we had one of the worst defenses in the league and we're averaging like 30 points a game we were giving up. It's like, no, the offense shouldn't have to have a shootout every game. Yep. Like the defense just needs to get off the field just every once in a while. The whole football Boy, team. Boy, howdy. <laughs> Boy, the whole football team for the Giants could have done a little more. Uh, I mean, that whole division, clearly. But, um, you know. I don't think anyone really wanted to win in that division. Here's what I think. And then we can move on to the wild card. Right. I think that Doug Peterson might have lost his football team. And you might see one of those scenarios next year where everyone is unhappy. Um, right. Kind of like I think it was the Jags last year or, or one of those teams that very unhappy. Nobody's listening to the coach. Right. Uh, nobody respects the coach, that kind of thing. I think we might have that scenario. So if he doesn't lose his job this offseason, I think he's going to lose his job next year. And, and, and that's it's, it's an interesting thing because like Carson Wentz came out and he basically once he was benched, he was basically like, if I'm not playing, I, I don't want to be on this team. Like I'm not going to back up Jalen Hurts, even though – Carson Wentz probably back up, so <laughs> he should not be a starter in the NFL. Hey, who knows? He got a team to a Super Bowl, even though he couldn't win it. Well, um, sure, but um, but yeah, Carson Wentz has said he wants off the team. He's he has said straight up that the relationship between him and Doug Peterson is irreversibly repaired, like broken, basically. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, guy. And also, after at the end of the game, uh, after the Week Seventeen game. Um, all the veteran players were doing like a Zoom call in their meetings, you know, usually. And Carson Wentz declined any meetings and just left. So, well, so yeah, so Carson Wentz, that, this is something whenever we, you know, reconvene um, after the playoffs and the draft and stuff like that, we start doing our recap of the this year and everything. This is going to be a big deal, I think, in the offseason. And I would be very surprised if Carson Wentz is on this team. Oh, yeah. So I don't think there's a chance. I don't think. Yep. Anyway, you know what? It's this it's crazy. Eagles it's weird, podcast. and it's and it's nuts, and it's a it's a bizarre situation, and I'm very curious to see how it plays out. So so yeah, so boy, now we're at the wild card. Who made it? Let's talk about who made it. Run run it down. So, 
So real fast, um, AFC-wise, we have the Colts, we have the Bills, we have Baltimore Ravens, we have Tennessee Titans, and we have the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, and of course the one seed is your Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. In the NFC, we have the Los Angeles Rams playing uh, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Washington football team. Someone Again, someone had to win the NFC East. They did. Uh, Chicago Bears, New Orleans Saints, and of course, the number one seed in the NFC is the Green Bay Packers. And the uh, if you're wondering, I know we have a lot, a lot of um, three to nine year olds. Uh, it is the Chicago New Orleans game that is on <laughs> Nickelodeon. Three forty Sunday, so buckle up, everybody. Um, so yeah, so th- a lot of really fun matchups. A lot of I, I don't know how often this happens, but a lot of fun divisional matchups coming up. Yeah. Yep. Um, which I think is uh, awesome and so much fun. And I'm really curious to see how it's all going to play out. That's what we're going to talk about and to see how it all plays out. Let's uh, let's get in. Let's get into Saturday. So the first game Saturday noon is oh the Colts and the Bills. Yes. Colts have a top 10 defense. Um, they're very good against the pass. They're one of, be- one of the better pass defenses as well. Is really great against the rush. Buffalo um, defense is a little bit. A little, little bit, a little bit up, a little bit up. <laughs> kind of, it's kind of in the middle there. Yeah, um, they're they're not great against the pass, uh, and they're 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 fine against the rush. So, um, it's it's really interesting. I think matchup against these because I think the Colts defense could give the Buffalo Bills uh, some issues. I think we talked about this. It might have been off air. I don't know, but I think we said that out of all the AFC teams, the Colts have the best chance in the wild card round to right. beat the Bills. I think so because uh, again. The Buffalo Bills, uh, they have a phenomenal pass passing game. They have a really abysmal uh, rushing game. Uh, whereas the Indianapolis Colts, they they kind of are middle of the pack when it comes to pass and then not so great with the rush. So it, it's very interesting. You know, I, I think, like Bragg, I said, we have talked off air a few times about these games already. I think that this could be an, an upset, I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean... It could be. Don't get me wrong. It could. I think yes. the front... Three of DeForest Buckner, Justin uh, Houston, and some other big guy in the middle uh, for the Colts could wreck shop on the Bills, as well as their uh, secondary and their defense. Again, their passing defense is so good. Um, Buffalo is not really that great with the rush or the running game, even though it has serviced them here and there. Um, but I think this is a really interesting matchup. I think that I think you hit it right, the nail on the head right there. That uh, if if Indy can rush uh, Josh Allen, right. make him uncomfortable, knock him around a little bit. They can't rely on that rushing game the right. way some other teams can't. Like, the let's say the Browns. If the right. Colts were playing the Browns, it would be a totally different ball yes. game because Correct. they Correct. could just give it to Chubb. They wouldn't be able to pin their ears back as much. Right. But I think with the way the Bills rely on Allen, I mean, and again, he's been playing out of his he's mind been playing He's been playing great. Wonderfully. But they don't have that second trigger to pull if – Josh Allen starts if he can't have the time he needs and, and right. not, not that he not that he's a bad obviously I'm not saying that if you knock him down one time he's going right. to be in trouble for the rest of the game no but the Colts are pretty good at continuously applying pressure to quarterbacks right and also playing really great on the back end so I do think ultimately the Bills likely win this game I think when you when you break it down kind of like how we usually do I think Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Philip Rivers <laughs> Um, but I'm, I kind of agree with you. I was like, whereas the Colts can rely somewhat on Rivers' passing game, uh, they also can rely on a really solid running game, whereas the Bills don't have that. So if one facet breaks down with the Bills' offense, 
I'm I'm very curious how that's going to play out. I think this is going to. You know what? It's been a while since Rivers made the playoffs. It yeah, it's been it's been a while. And I think, <laughs> as much as I hate Rivers, I really don't want to play the Bills for the AFC Championship game. Right. Uh, if if both teams make it that far, but I think that the Colts are going to scare Buffalo a lot mm-hmm. and i think it's going to come down to a game-winning drive by philip rivers who's going to throw an interception oh, yeah, with his little t-rex arms of course of course and it's going to lose the game <laughs> that's what philip rivers loves to do <laughs> yes again i would not i i i do not doubt buffalo win this game but i would not be shocked if the colts pull it out yeah so, so yeah um then we come to the next game which is a 340 game on saturday it is the los angeles rams playing the seattle seahawks now is jared oh, goff boy. playing uh jared 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 goff Sheriff God. He should be playing because okay. I think his surgery on his thumb was like a minor surgery. Um, and I think he should play, but I've not heard anything. I've, I've personally, I, my sources are quiet right now, so I haven't heard anything. <laughs> yes. But I, but, but I think that's the reason why he went ahead and did the surgery is because they, they knew going into the last week that they basically just had to play for like a wild card spot or they're pretty safe. So they, they, they felt Jared Goff could come back. So Seattle's defense has been playing much better they the past, have. I think, five weeks, four or five weeks. They have. Um, is it enough to stop a Rams team that on their best day is one of the most efficient offenses in the league? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So breaking that down fast, the Los Angeles Rams have, again, one of the best de- uh, like defenses, both passing and rushing in the league. They're top five. Yes, yeah, sorry. The Rams defense, I skipped right over that. Rams defense is top one of the top five in the league. I mean, they have Aaron, you just say Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. Yep. And you could put him go. on any team and he immediately elevates them. Right. Whereas Seattle, again, um, like Brad I said, they were they did pick it up a little bit in the back end. I think because they knew for some reason Russell Wilson, one of my favorite players in the league, just wasn't cooking as well. You know what I mean? Um, but Seattle is not great against the pass, even though they are better. They are actually pretty pretty okay against the rush, um, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, when it comes to offenses, I mean, Seattle's a top ten defense on both sides of the ball. Top ten. It's offense on both sides of the ball. I mean, they have a really great passing game. They're number six uh, with the stats I'm looking at, number nine in the rush, which I think is really interesting. And you're looking at the DVOA, which is, again, it's been a while since we mentioned that. It's one of those nerd stats that's very important, but right. kind of hard to digest. And here's where it's the interesting thing about the Rams and their offense. Like Brian said, whenever they're cooking and efficient, they're amazing. And it comes with their running game. The running game is number four in the league. Their passing game is the tw- is 20th. It's still a positive okay rating, but it's still not <laughs> the best, right? It, it just seems like if they're uh, kind of like the Browns were early this year, if their running game isn't going, it's hard to get Jared Goff going. Yes, and I think this is a good, interesting matchup because of how, well, one, how good Seattle's rushing defense statistically is. And I think this going to be an interesting matchup because I think if Seattle can disrupt that running game, and I, and I, and I don't put too much stock in actually establish a run, establish a run, but see, but the Rams do that. They run the ball a lot. They play out of the like run, play action, things like that. So I'd be very interested to see how this is going to play out. I think if the Seahawks are cooking, they're doing their thing, Seahawks will win this game. Yeah, I could see that, especially with Goff coming back. Who knows how he's going to feel. Right. Um, Seattle has the best shot of winning. If you're a betting person, <laughs> go ahead and put your money on the Rams because if they do win, it's a bigger payout. It's a big payout. So, I mean, you know, Listen to us. We, we place bets all the time. But. All the time. They know us in Vegas. We roll in. They're <laughs> like, hey, Bryant and Bronda. <laughs> yes, that is us. All right. So then the next game, last game of Saturday, which I think is going to be 
a fascinating matchup. Look, it, I it could be exactly how everyone thinks it's going to be, or it could be it could be the most disruptive game <laughs> in the history of the NFL. So then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the Washington football team. Washington football team, who is statistically one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're like yeah. second or third in points allowed or something like yeah. that. Look at this. They're second against the pass. They're 11th in, against the rush. They're second in the pass because their pass rush, they can get to you with three or four guys. Like their pass rush is ferocious, led by Chase Young. Yep. And then they, they play just well enough in the secondary that they can they can hang with you. They you got one of I mean? the best corners in the league in Kendall Fuller. Uh, right. He's really turned it on this year. Tampa Bay's defense is one is the best rushing defense in the league, and it is number five in the pass, okay? Which I think is fascinating because Washington's offense, <laughs> boy, howdy, it is not good. <laughs> it is the league worst in the pass, and it's actually, that's well, not good, but it's like <laughs> middle-of-the-road rushing, def- rushing yes. offense. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, and of course, the main re- one of the main reasons they aren't that great passing wise is they've had a lot of turmoil at the quarterback position and starting uh, Dwayne Haskins, who is no longer with the team. Uh, and then Kyle Allen, who no one knew why Kyle Allen was starting this game, starting some games. Then he broke his leg and couldn't play anymore. And it all comes down to Alex Smith himself, baby. Hey, look, and, he gets you there. And Alex Smith can do enough He'll to hang on. Get I you think. the wild card, but then. And here's what I think is so interesting about this game and why I think this could be a really interesting matchup. Washington's defense could keep them in this game. I know. We saw how there were a couple games this season where if the pass rush could get to Brady and the coverage, you know, they, they didn't have to blitz to get to Brady, I'm sorry. If the pass rush could get to Brady, um, that offense just falls apart because Brady is not a mobile quarterback. What? <laughs> They have done better since their bye in uh, kind of playing more to Brady's speed where it's like quick passes, things like that, but also setting up the play action to bomb it out and things like that, which is what Brady is built for. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see how this is going to play out. I think definitely if Washington's front four is on it and cooking, this is going to be a very weird game. <laughs> it, uh, Yeah, if, if the Washington football team comes out, defense fired, ready to go. Just ready to... That's what I want. Just go nuts. I don't think if this is a shootout, it's not going to happen. There's no way it can't be a shootout, I don't think. Uh, so I'm predicting, I think, essentially, the Bucks are going to win this game. But don't don't be surprised if something starts happening and the Washington football team starts getting turnovers or um, sacking Brady and disrupting the offense. Don't be surprised if that happens. I'll say that you can be surprised. I'll say that. That's if, right. <laughs> well, the football team takes a lead, you can be surprised. That's right. Because I think that'll be the first time in history that a team with a losing record goes believe, to the divisional round. I believe so, which would be absolutely crazy cuckoo bananas. Yeah. So that brings us to Sunday. Uh, the first matchup, Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans. A little rematch. A little rematch of the divisional round last year Ooh, where boy. the Titans had one of the best defensive game plans and frustrated the fuck out of Lamar Jackson <laughs> yes. and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, so Baltimore, um, they are they are pretty solid uh, defense. They tenth in the pass, twelfth in the rush. Um, what gets Baltimore by on being so good as a defense is that turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. That defense is built on getting turnovers. Yeah, Mar- uh, Marcus Peters either intercepts a ball or lets a play go for a seventy-yard touchdown. Right. Whereas on the flip side of this. <laughs> Tennessee's defense is one of the worst in the league. Yeah. <laughs> um, overall, they are 29th. They are 30th against the pass 
and 16th against the rush, which both numbers aren't. And good I at think all. I don't quote me on this. I mean, I know we know our facts here. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm recording you right now. Oh, fuck. I think Tennessee's defense is the league worst in points allowed. Yes, they they are they are like at the very bottom of the barrel, if not worst. Yes, I think you are correct. And but but again, remember this: they were not that great last year. Their they defense wasn't that great. And they, they were still serviceable. They still came the in and held. They had, I think, what there there was a mixture of two things in the wild card round for them against the Patriots in the divisional round against the Ravens. Is that they had the perfect matchup and game plan for those games. Yep. Um, even though that defense, like Bragg, I said, is not built for like the Deshaun Watsons of the world, yeah. it is built for the Tom Brady's and the rushing attack of Lamar Jackson, right? Um, and that they showed it, man. That they put on a clinic in dismantling the Patriots, in dismantling the Ravens, to a point that I was I was shocked to see how well they played. They played those games. I think it was mainly discipline. I think they stuck to their right. assignments and it worked out. I think so too, because there there is I, I you know we talk way back in the day whenever we talked about the Ravens in that figuring out quote unquote a team is not how it works but figuring out tendencies and how to play a guy and things like that are you know the 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 how, how it comes along you know what I mean and uh and yeah so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out I'm I'm predicting that's going to be a very similar defense game plan wise how they did last year but again even though their defense wasn't great last year it is Definitely not good this yeah, year. Yeah, it's worse this year. So, yeah. So, on the flip side, so Baltimore's offense is 17th in the pass. It is still kind of positive. And then it's third in the rush. It's one of the best rushing defense or offenses in the league. Um, whereas Tennessee's offense, I'm sorry, is fourth in the pass and second in the rush, led by Mr. 2,000-yard back-to-back season himself, Derek Henry. Yes, the only rushing attack better DVOA-wise is New Orleans. Right. Uh, they are number one, so... That is, I mean, for whatever reason, I don't know how, but Tennessee has become a quote unquote. I'm mean, I'm gonna put nine quotes around this right. offensive powerhouse. Yeah, and, and I think it's a hundred percent built on a very old school quote unquote um, football plan where you rely on Derrick Henry and then you rely on the play action to open up Ryan Tannehill. Because like we we I highlighted. Um, way back in the day when we were talking about Ryan Tannehill and, you know, his stats and things like that, um, where even Tannehill's days in Florida or in, in, in Miami, I'm sorry. Um, he was like his stats out of the play action were some of the best in the league, but then he left him on, you know, to do his thing in the pocket and it wasn't so great. Yeah. But Tannehill thrives in the play action and it's bolstered by Derrick Henry and how phenomenal he is. Every, I mean, you know, everybody on the field is worried if I don't bite right. on this play fake, Derek's going to run me over. Right. And that's not to decry at all, you know, their game plan and what Derrick Henry does. Cause Derrick Henry is a fucking monster. Yes. But again, if you game plan for Derrick Henry, they have Ryan Tannehill who's great out of the play action. They have two phenomenal wide receivers, um, who can catch contested balls and are big, strong receivers. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think Titans are going to take it. I think Titans are primed to take this game. I, 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 I don't like the Ravens. One, I, I think Lamar Jackson is a is a fine quarterback, but I don't think he has what it takes to win it. When it when it comes to put up or shut up, I don't think they have what it takes to do it. And they have not been great on these uh, no. revenge games. They they're not great on revenge games, as we know about the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they also, um, you know, two years ago in the wild card against the Chargers, they were just shut out in the same kind of defensive game plan. 
And then the Titans showed again in the divisional round, the game plan was, you know, the right way to do it. So I definitely think this is prime for a Titans win, especially with how good Titans, Titans offense can keep up with the Ravens. Yeah, for sure. Offense. Um, I just think it comes down ultimately to what those defenses can do. And from my understanding, I think Derrick Henry has fumbled one time this year. And that was like at the end of the season. Well, people go for his knees. They don't go for his arms anymore. (laughs) If you try to, if you try to get a tackle and and strip the ball, you're just going to get stiff armed away from him. Exactly. And God, you don't want to be, you don't want to be on that highlight reel of of Derrick Henry stiff arming you. No, there's plenty of those. And then I'm pretty sure when it comes to Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill is yeah. Only thrown seven interceptions. It's very good. So this team, the Titans are not built. They, they do not turn the ball over. So, Um, again, Baltimore's defense is pretty damn, pretty damn good. But again, a lot of their um, way they operate is on getting those turnovers and things like that. So I think this is another case of I think Tennessee is going to take this game. Yep. And that is uh, that is your noon game on Sunday. Right. That brings us to the kids table. <laughs> Chicago Bears and New Orleans Saints on Nickelodeon. Again, it is on CBS. So you will be able to watch it. So Chicago uh, bolstered by a pretty solid defense. Um, again, eighth overall in defensive DVOA, 13th against the pass, and fourth against the rush. Really great against the rush. And also, remember, New Orleans has the best rushing the attack. The best so rushing attack in the game. That's very. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch the, the Bears try to contain Alvin Kamara, who scored six <sighs> touchdowns on his last. Good God. Whenever they want to turn it on, they can turn it on. Yeah. As well as New Orleans defense, again, is nothing to sneeze at. They're number two <laughs> in DVOA. Uh, they're third against the pass and second against the rush. They are phenomenal defense. Again, big Achilles heel for the New Orleans Saints defense is penalties. Penalties, 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 penalties. They will happily give up a, a big defensive pass interference because their their corners are very physical. Yeah. Um, so they're happy to give up big chunk plays. But again, they whenever they're cooking, man, they are they are on it. And aren't aren't there more? Isn't the crew? bigger for referees in the playoffs don't they have i more? think they have a couple of yeah, new people and so, stuff so you might see more flags if there's more refs on possibly the field. possibly yeah um and then let's get to the offense um new orleans passing offense is actually 12th in the league number one in rush uh, offense like brag i said um again I, I i think much like we talked about at the start of the season which at the end of the season, we're going to go back to our predictions and shit like that. I think. Great, great. Um, um, I think this is definitely the 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 last season for Drew Brees, as evidenced by all his injuries. He just hasn't looked the same. Um, they've been relying a lot more on the quick passing game, which they always kind of have, um, and their rushing offense. Um, so I, I'm very interested to see how that's going to play out because Chicago's offense is 25th overall in the league, bottom um, of the barrel, 23rd in pass and 25th in rush. This is just an offense that just never has gotten anything going. And um, there's going with old Mitch Trubisky, which I think is uh, going to be bad against this New Orleans uh, defense, which is phenomenal. Um, I just do not think Chicago has what it takes to keep up with New Orleans. No, I think if we uh, see, if we see, uh, if we only see one blowout in the wild card round, I think this it's one is the most likely. going to be this game because this, ooh, Chicago, God bless you. Good luck. I think they, they made it into the playoffs by virtue of just such a bad NFC yep. uh, conference. So, yep. Uh, I think that's enough about that game yeah, because it's going to be a blowout. If it's not a blowout, 
Call me Brendan. It's call me Brian. Uh, this next game, the last game of your Sunday night and your wildcard weekend, uh, NFL, I think, got it right by saving this one for last. This is this is going to be a fun game. This is the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this, I believe, is the first time in 18 years the Browns have made the playoffs. Since 2002, which is nuts. They tried, they tried not to make it. They've been trying not to make it for a while. Yeah, because in week 16, they had a whole thing with COVID and with their all their wide receivers were out. And then in week 17, they I think they barely pulled. Like, it was it was nuts. And now their head coach. Now, Kevin St- Fancy Stefanski. Fancy Stefanski. And also a ton of their coaching staff is still out from COVID and stuff like that. I think most of their offensive coaches are out. So... Hope Baker knows how to call plays. Yeah. Oh, boy, I know. So Pittsburgh, of course, has a really phenomenal defense. They're best uh, against the pass and fifth against fifth against the rush. Um, again, they have one, a couple of the best pass rushers in the game. Unfortunately, at the end of the season, a, lot of, a few of those guys have been uh, hit by injuries and things like that. Um, Cleveland has a pretty poor <laughs> defense. They are 25th overall, 20, 25th in the pass, and 19th uh, against the rush, which... Boy, um, yeah, so <laughs> not a lot to say. I mean, again, the Browns aren't really a defensive powerhouse. They're more on that offense. Right, which, again, uh, Cleveland technically has a top 10 passing or a top 10 def- or offense. I'm sorry, I can't even talk. Um, they are 10th in the rush and 7th in the pass, led by Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, who, man, together average 4.9 yards a carry. So almost five yards a carry anytime those guys touch the ball. Yeah, that's a, that's a good double-headed sorgy out there to, for Baker to wield around the, the field. Right. Whereas Pittsburgh, oh boy, they're down there in 22nd in the league, 21st in the pass, and 30th in the rush. Ooh. So again, interesting matchup where Cleveland's uh, offense could take it to them. And I, I just worry about what that Pittsburgh defense is going to do to Baker. And, and again, the fact that they've gotten this far and now the entire offensive side of the coaching staff is, is out. You know yeah. I mean? And this is, I mean, this is the third time that these teams have played this year. So right. you're going to see guys recognizing more plays. You might see more turnovers. I don't know. Uh, but man, I would say if fancy Stefanski was still <laughs> in, I think they'd have a better shot, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're we're in untested waters here because of COVID, and we are in untested waters because Cleveland. I, you know, was too young to think whenever the last time <laughs> they were on in so, the playoffs. Yeah. So I will say. I mean, the last time they, these teams played each other was the last week of the season, and it was twenty-two to twenty-four. Cleveland barely got by playing, playing Mason Rudolph, and the yeah. first time they got smoked right it was uh one of the early games it was like week five and yeah it was 38 to 7 yeah um that was early on when they weren't running the ball appropriately they weren't doing the things they want to chubb was, Ch- out. chubb was out yeah um and yeah and man if unfortunately you don't have the rushing attack much like we talked about uh ryan Tannehill is really great in the play action baker Mayfield needs cream hunt and nick chubb to play yeah, so I don't know. So there it is. There it is. Super wild card weekend as they're framing it. I hope Cleveland wins this game, but I'm I think Pittsburgh's gonna win. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, this one's kind of a toss up for me. I I do hope for the Browns to win. How, how much fun would that be? It'd be a lot of fun. And then Fancy <laughs> Stefanski could reap the benefit or reap the rewards that he's right. sowed all year. 
Oh boy. Well, here we are. Another week of Chiefsless football. Which is weird, man. It's weird, but it's good. You know, I'm I'm hoping it becomes the new norm for us. Right. As Chiefs fans. I, I heard that. And so mm, whew. so after after this weekend of games, we'll be back next week to be able to talk about the Chiefs and that that playoff matchup, which whoever they may play. Uh, of course, the Chiefs, since they're the number one seed, they'll play the lowest seeded team. So we, I mean, it gives me reason to root for the Colts even harder. Right. Because they I, are the seventh seed. I would rather play the Colts. So I think what I saw the breakdown is pretty much statistically, we're going to play either the Colts or the Browns. That's what's going to happen. Interesting. So yeah, so very, very interesting to see what happens. Well, I hope your team made it, whoever you root for. Uh, you know, big, uh, big sad shout out to our... I know. To our buddy man. from who who in the darn Who who heck. watches these movies and why the hell do they do it? Ty, big big or big buddy, big Miami Dolphins fan, and man, I hate that for him. I, that, that sucks. We got next year. But not always next year. And you got a bunch of draft picks. Boy, to, to really bolster that team. And it, it's only up from here. So Well, tell us who your favorite. I'm just throwing Stop posters around. Me. I got a fiddle with something, you know. I got so I pulled a fire extinguisher in high school. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, email us your favorite team at debatesonfans at gmail.com. Uh, if they're in the playoffs, otherwise, just tell us who you're rooting for. You know, what you want to see shake loose. Uh, find us on Twitter at debates on tap and find us on Instagram at debates on pictures. And again, thanks for listening. I don't think yeah. we say thanks enough. No, we don't. But we say it off air. We say it all the time. We're so thankful for all the <laughs> listeners. That's right. We love it. It's great. We wouldn't, you know, all three of you. You've, you've heard yeah. our voices for right. months and months, keeping you company during COVID. And you've stuck so. with us, so we appreciate it. I Could think that's happy. it, but we'll be here Monday. That's right. And uh, with our Park Cheek friend, of course. Yep, so right. We'll be back. That's right. So, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.